If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 192 of the Leading Learning Podcast, where we enjoy a return visit from Scott Wiley, president and CEO of the Ohio Society of CPAs. We interviewed Scott back in episode 52, and it's always great to have a guest return so we can revisit and expand on the previous conversation. Jeff, you were the one who spoke to Scott last time around and this time too. So tell us, what did you cover? Well, as you noted, it's great to be able to revisit topics with a guest. And in this case, the main topic we revisited is workforce development. And this is an area that uh, Scott and OSCPA are really focused on. So I wanted to find out how his thinking has evolved in the nearly three years since I last talked with him. And beyond that, OSCPA has moved towards providing consultative services to its members over the past few years and has made major strides with online learning. So we talk about those areas quite a bit also. In general, you know, Scott is someone who I consider to be both an in-the-trenches leader and a thought leader when it comes to the role of membership organizations and society, as well as to how membership and learning fit together. So I think listeners will find nuggets of insight all throughout this conversation that they can apply in their own learning businesses. Well, insight is certainly what we aim for here at Leading Learning, so let's delay no more and roll the interview with Scott White. Welcome to the Leading Learning Podcast. I'm Jeff Cobb, and today I'm joined by Scott Wiley. Scott is the president and CEO of the Ohio Society of CPAs, or OSCPA. He is also a past chairman of the board for the American Society of Association Executives, or ASAE. And I should add that he is now joining the distinguished group of people who have been a guest on Leading Learning more than once. We'll be sure to link to the earlier episode with Scott in the show notes. In the meantime, Scott... Welcome back to the Leading Learning Podcast. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be back and certainly to be with you. Well, it's always great to have somebody back and to continue a conversation. Um, as I mentioned, you, you have been on the show before, but I'm sure not everyone listening, um, probably even in, including myself, will, uh, will uh, remember everything you said before in detail. So to start us off, I, I want to give you the, the chance to say more about yourself, um, your background and work, and about OSCPA. So what would you highlight for listeners? Sure. Well, um, and I probably don't even remember everything I said <laughs> yesterday, let alone, you know, what was over a year or two ago. Uh, so a little bit about myself. Um, you know, as you said, I'm the president and CEO of the Ohio Society of CPAs. And we are the voice of 85,000 CPAs, accounting and finance professionals who work in and across the state of Ohio inside of public accounting firms, inside of privately held businesses, large Fortune 1000 public companies, entrepreneurial startups, uh, basically people who work at really making business work. You know, we like to say accounting is the language of business, and those who work in the accounting and finance function are increasingly the ones who are being called on to make key strategic advice and decisions that help boards and CEOs guide their companies and the businesses they're growing and working with, and we're really the backbone that helps support them whether that's on the advocacy front, whether that's in providing them with the learning and development they need 
to be competitive in today's complex and certainly ever-changing business environment, or if we're the ones who are really creating that pipeline to the future of that profession. And I know we're going to talk more about that workforce development aspect today. At OSCPA, that's what we're focused on. And uh, over the last six and a half, almost seven years, I've been the CEO at OSCPA. That's where my focus has been on in terms of beginning to think about what the future of the business community looks like, and more importantly, the accounting and finance profession, and how do we create the shift to get there. And you know, organizations like ours have long leaned into their ability to bring people together and provide you know, discounted learning opportunities. Um, and you know, those things are important, but that's really not the future. We think the future is in terms of understanding the challenges and the opportunities that are in front of our people, the businesses they lead, the people they work for, the, the clients and the customers they serve. And if we can better understand those challenges and opportunities, then we are uniquely poised to understand them and help create solutions for them to be successful in that environment. So in that space, what we're doing is understanding how we can create and deliver value. And what I think I shared with you a couple of years ago, Jeff, is as we think about that, it's important for us, and I believe all associations, to think about how we move from a rear view mirror perspective by our members into their line of sight. It's one thing for our people to know and think that we have their back, that we'll always be for their, there for them, and that's important. But it's another for them to recognize we understand their challenges, we understand their opportunities, we understand where they're trying to get there, we're trying to get to, and how can we help them be successful in getting there? And in that space, we're clearing a path, but we're in their line of sight. We're in front of them. They see us every day, thinking of them, knowing them, being, being there for them. And I think that is a dramatically different place for associations to place themselves. And that's where we're trying to place ourselves. Well, thanks so much for, for that overview and uh, just a, a number of interesting uh, threads there that I want to make sure we pull on um, that last one around, you know, the, the role of associations. And, and really, from our perspective, any business that we would consider to be a learning business is trying to lead, you know, learning and growth um, in its field or sector. So I definitely I want to come back to that um, and, and to the topic of workforce development. Uh, I'll, I'll say before that, though, I'm, I'm always... I'm always interested, always uh, fascinated, curious when I talk to somebody involved with a CPA society. We've done a lot of work with CPA uh, societies ourselves. And, um, you know, I'm probably, to, in all candor, the last person in the world who would ever be an accountant. Um, but I've come to have a, a deep appreciation of just how dynamic that profession is and, and the role it really does play in, in sort of the, the engine uh, of business. And certainly as, a, as an entrepreneur and a business owner myself, I've, I've come to appreciate that much, much more over time. But um, I, think, I think it's a fascinating role that, um, yeah, that accountants play, uh, finance pr professionals play, and obviously you really are playing a fascinating and, and leadership role uh, relative uh, to the, the slice uh, of that audience that, that you serve. So thanks again for that background. Um, and, I, and I'd like to go um, first to the thread you mentioned um, around workforce development, uh, that's a you know you you noted that um, that we talked uh, about that the last time. In fact, we we uh, spent a good bit of time 
talking about uh, workforce development and the role that uh, associations um, can and should play in workforce development. So I, I'd love to hear, I want listeners to hear, how has your thinking about workforce development evolved uh, over the past uh, two to three years? Um, if It certainly has evolved. Um, and I would say if it, it's evolved in the sense that I realize it's at the core of everything we do and it's probably the most important thing we're doing to shape the profession. And I would say we're doing that in three lenses for the profession, for the professional, and increasingly for the future of the profession. Hmm. So let me, let me talk about those lenses for the profession. Um, you know, accounting is on the front end and has been on the front end of the change that's dramatically shaping the other business world in large part, because it has to be because you know, the people who work in that space, accounting and finance, are the ones who are having to advise and guide their business owners, their colleagues, the customers they serve, and the, the markets they're in on the disruption and the change and the transformation they're facing. So they're going through it first. And while they're not new to it, the pace of change just keeps coming. What was new a week ago, or what was new a year ago, you know, that's only going to be new for so long. So I think accountants and finance professionals particularly are working in that transformative space, are navigating it, and that is putting them in a spot where they can better advise and consult with the other business owners and the other people who, who leverage them. Um, and I think our role there is making sure they've got the infrastructure and the grounding they need to be successful in that space. And so that really leads into this idea of for the professional. You know, the World Economic Forum is suggesting that by 2022, every learner, which obviously is anybody who's in the work world today, um, is going to need an additional 101 days of learning just to stay relevant, to be on top of their game. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking about how do we help our people prepare? It's not just about the new folks we're bringing into the the pipeline, if you will, in the workforce development lens. But we've got all these, all this talent there that's going to be in the workforce for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 35 or more years. What are we doing to help upskill them in that talent? And much of that, quite frankly, is in a digital space. You have the digital upskilling, and you see some of the largest employers out there in our space who are really leading you know, industry in this. But also, what are we doing to upskill our people and making sure they have the tools, the talents, developing the competencies they need to be able to be leading from the front, right? So the skills they've gotten over time are relevant, but they've got to hone and develop those further in a digital environment. So we're working there. And then the last one, I think it's the most exciting is what we're doing for the future of the profession. You know, increasingly, as we talk with our people, we understand that talent is their top priority, their top challenge, but also the thing they're most investing in is their talent. And their access to talent is only growing. So despite everyone you know, talking about the role that AI and machine learning and bots are going to have, and that's true, talent is still the name of the game. Mm -hmm. And the companies and the firms that are investing in it are the ones that are differentiating themselves. So we're playing a role in trying to make sure they have access to future talent. 
And since we last spoke, you know, we, at that time we were getting ready and we were moving into the work we were doing at the high school and the college level. You know, we have now grown that workforce development initiative to the largest of any accounting association in the country. And we're now thinking about what we're doing in a diversity and inclusion standpoint, how that factors into that, you know, how we're bringing certificate programs to the market to make sure we're preparing that talent. And we're doing that in a co-creative environment with these employers uh, to be able to shape what their needs are, but also to inform what we're doing. And it's creating an opportunity for us to even strengthen the relationship with, we have with these employers. So I think we've done a lot in this space. We're still learning, but we're, we're much more nimble in terms of getting that value into the market for the talent, but also those who are in the hunt for the talent. If you need a platform to help you deliver value to the talent and the talent seekers in your market, be sure to check out our sponsor for this quarter. Community Brands provides a suite of cloud-based software for organizations to engage and grow relationships with the individuals they serve, including association management software, learning management software, job board software, and event management software. Community Brands' award-winning Proud Wisdom Learning Platform is among the world's best LMSs for corporate extended enterprise and is a leading LMS for association-driven professional education programs. Award-winning Freestone, Community Brands' live event learning platform, is a leading platform for live learning event capture, webinars, webcasts, and on-demand streaming. Find out more at leadinglearning.com slash communitybrands. And now back to the interview as Jeff and Scott discuss what OSCPA is doing to connect with future members. And I want to come back in just a minute to um, that co-creation approach that uh, that you just mentioned, because I think that's um, very important and something that I want listeners to hear about. Um, you mentioned, though, that you're, you're going into high schools and uh, colleges. I mean, what, what are your specific initiatives there? What are you, what are you doing to connect with um, your future members and, and learners in, in those environments? So I would tell you, we're really thinking about this in terms of a continuum. Hmm. So in, in a in a typical, which really doesn't exist anymore, but for conversation, let's pretend it does. A typical environment, if you find a first-year high school student, so a ninth grader, and they are on a a traditional trajectory, four years of high school, go to college for four or more years, um, you know, and if they choose to become a CPA, you know, they've got, you know, 150 credit hours. They're they're likely on a five-year trajectory unless they came in with a bunch of AP credits. Many are. And then they're working towards licensure. So in broad strokes, we're looking at a 10-year continuum that we're working on. Mm. Well, associations get bored real easily. That's what I found. (laughs) And, you know, thinking about a 10-year trajectory and building a continuum is something you've got to think about. How am I keeping my board focused on this? How am I keeping my staff team focused on this? How are we demonstrating resilience? What are we looking at in terms of benchmarking? Um, and that's where we are, you know, now roughly two and a half years into that, into that work. Uh, so we've got about 2,500 high school students in our, in our project right now, um, where our team is going in and building relationships with parents, with guidance counselors, with teachers, many of whom have a limited view of what a CPA does. They think a lot of them just do taxes. Some do, but most aren't. Um, and certainly with students. And, you know, today... In high schools around the country, if there, if, big if, there's an accounting course taught, 
it's not taught by a CPA. It's not taught by, you know, a credentialed professional. You know, sometimes they're taught by the home ec teacher or the PE teacher on the side. So at best, they're getting debits and credits. Um, and there's so much more to this profession and the opportunities there. So we want to make sure we're exposing that. We also know we're up against heady competition with STEM. It's got federal research dollars to go into schools. And so we're putting the resources in to send our team in, to send CPAs in alongside of them, to begin threading the needle about this as an opportunity profession, a choose-your-own-path, choose-your-own-adventure profession. And then really what our high school program is doing is trying to encourage people to look at accounting programs in college. So in some way, we're actually being an on-the-ground recruiter for these accounting programs um, that universities are offering. And we, you know, we work with all the colleges and universities that have accounting programs in the state of Ohio. At about 20 of those, we actually have a paid student ambassador that's funded in full through our, our charitable foundation, who's working in concert with our team of professionals and our staff um, to build interest in the career, to build interest and awareness of the opportunities. And we've got about 8,000 students, maybe a little bit more than that, on college campuses now who are a part of that pipeline. And what we're doing with them is introducing them to the profession, engaging them with hiring companies and hiring firms, arranging career fairs, um, providing skills training, exposing them to opportunities. So we're really trying to make sure we're doing our part. And what we're doing that through the lens, Jeff, is employers are telling us they want this talent and they want it here. Well, yeah, we've got some incredible colleges and universities in Ohio, and we're turning out incredible graduates that are moving all over the country, all over the world. Our focus here as we think about the meeting the profession's need is getting this talent and getting it employed in the state of Ohio. Hmm. So that's, you know, that's the area where we're working on now. And certainly that's a heavy lift. You know, the state of Ohio is having more people leave it than they've got come into it. Um, we're having more people leave it at the top earning brackets. So, you know, we're up against some big headwinds. And, you know, our early focus has been on what are we doing to make sure we're plugging in those, that talent with those employers that want to keep them here. Well, and I love, um, you know, how you described it as that, that continuum um, that's, you know, could be a 10-year continuum early in career. But, um, but of course, you know, the important thing to recognize is that's just sort of, that's stage one, uh, basically, because, you know, anybody who's in high school or college now probably has 50 to 60 years of a career in front of them, you know, so if you can, if you can get them in that initial 10 years and then, and then realize, which I think, you know, all all education providers at this point uh, need to realize that they're really not so much in the education business, they're in the career business. And it's, you know, you're getting, you're really getting in and locking in early in that career path. So, you know, if you get them in that 10 year continuum, you've really got something, got something going. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the big pieces there, Jeff, is when we think about career, we have to recognize that there are few um, majors that have really, that tie into the professions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for folks to recognize um, that when we say the profession, uh, not just an, an accounting or finance program, we're talking about where the career really can elevate these folks to think about the opportunities they'll have. And today there aren't many professions 
that have really built that type of workforce development initiative. And I think what we're doing is, you know, innovative in that space, but it's also very much through the lens of how can we create the opportunity that's going to transform this business environment in the future. If you're looking for a partner to help you transform your business environment, we suggest you visit our sponsor for this quarter. WBT Systems develops the industry-leading top-class LMS, which delivers transformative professional development experiences for education and certification programs. With a single point of support from in-house integration experts, Top Class LMS easily integrates with a wide variety of systems to provide efficient administration and a unified learning experience. WBT supports organizations in using learning technology to help drive growth in membership, increase revenues, and enhance the learning experience. WBT believes in truly understanding your challenges and partnering with you to ensure the success of your education programs. Find out more at leadinglearning.com slash WBT. And now back to Scott and Jeff as they talk about how OSCPA has been engaging with members with an eye toward co-creating value. And to go back, you were mentioning earlier, you know, this idea of co-creation. And, and I, I think what I'm going to ask relates to that co-creation because I know you've been putting a great deal of effort into understanding how the business of your members has been changing um, and then, you know, working to adapt your own business to serve them better. And, and really, you know, whether you're a membership organization, whether you're a, a commercial uh, education organization, whatever you are, that that's incredibly necessary work if you want to stay competitive, if you want to stay relevant. So can you say a little bit more about how you've been engaging with members and, you know, what you've learned and then how you're responding? Well, so I talked about what we're doing to try to better understand the needs of our members. So really the way to do that is quite frankly, to talk to them, Mm. to ask them. So while we've done a, a lot of external market research to understand the market, and that's been extremely valuable. Uh, the thing that's probably been the most valuable for us over the last 24 months has been getting out into their locations, sitting down with their leaders, with their people, their young staff, their managerial staff, and just talking to them, asking them about what their challenges are understanding what's behind those challenges and what's informing and impacting those challenges. And then also trying to understand where they're trying to drive their business to understand what they see as their opportunities in this space. And by better understanding those challenges and those opportunities, we can begin to think about what does that mean, quite frankly, for OSCPA's business? And how are we positioning our internal capabilities to meet those challenges and opportunities and solutions. So instead of being in this, well, we have programs, products, and services we have, we want to offer them to you space. We're trying to make sure what we're offering and what we can take to them is what they need. Mm -hmm. And I find that all too often associations are focused on, we've got to sell this conference. We've got to sell this seminar. We've got to sell this product that we have and make them feel like they need it versus Have we really understood where their business is going? And because the business environment is changing so rapidly, it's also meant we've got to be much more intentional about what it is we do, where our focus is, and what our strategic capabilities and competencies are. 
And in doing that, we've also begun to think about, and who is it that we work with to make sure we're bringing those capabilities and competencies that are not our core to the market? We're, we, we don't do everything. Uh, we will we'll never be able to be everything to everyone. But what we are and what we have is grounded in trust. And just like our professionals are America's most trusted business advisors, our aim is to be the most trusted business advisor to those trusted business advisors. And knowing who we are and what we have and knowing what they need and how we can get it to them has been critical. And so what's... What's the response to that, Ben? Or, or maybe, you know, what's the, what's the return on that, Ben? Because, um, you know, it, it sounds always like a good idea to go out and talk to your customers and people like it when they're talked to. But have you found that um, in return, you are, you're getting higher demand for what you're offering? Are you getting people who are more engaged uh, with what you're offering that you're, you know, actually able to, to grow um, as a result of doing this? Well, I think there's also going to be a recognition on my part as the leader of the team. You know, so we're 24 months into this. So mm. part of the listening is, you know, finding the similarities and coming back. So, uh, you know, I want to make sure listeners understand we're still in the early stages of this effort. Got it. So the early indicators are you know, a couple of things. Um, it's led us into this more mobile friendly environment. Um, you know, certainly the things we're trying to do from a technology standpoint to move away from a custom development shop into better leveraging, um, you know, things that are already, you know, in best in class products and how can we leverage those? Um, so we're using some of the technology that's already available to thread that needle, but you know, we're launching our own customized learning solutions business to really focus on human, human performance consulting and the early response has been exceptional. We've already got this trust. We already understand them. And in many instances, they're like, well, we're working with this company over here, but they just don't get us. They don't know us. So that's been really informative for us to make sure we recognize what we bring to the market is trust, is the relationship. And that's something that associations bring with their members as well. This isn't unique to OSCPA. So I would tell my peers and colleagues listening that, don't underestimate just how important your relationship and your brand equity and the trust you've established with your people is mm -hmm. in helping meet their needs. Because all too often people don't think, well, associations don't do this work. I've got to go hire some consultancy or some company, and, and maybe they should. Maybe they're, they're great providers of that. But maybe we are also in a space where as we think about how do we pivot ourselves to the future, we recognize we need to diversify our revenue streams. This is one way we're uniquely poised to do it. And so the response has been positive. Um, I would tell you we're certainly in the early stages of, of launching that effort. Um, but what I hear from our people who are involving in the co-creation process is, if you can do this, we want that. And there, therein lies the big issue for associations. Mm. If you can execute. Right. And so we've invested heavily in our internal competencies and capabilities to focus on that, you know, adding project management expertise to our team, you know, making sure that, that the team we have actually has experience in that. So I've hired folks, you know, out of a corporate environment, our own member, you know, people who are our own members, or more importantly, people who were our members and were no longer and brought them into our team to strengthen those skill sets. And right. that's been a very positive, uh, positive experience for us. Well, and I'm glad you uh, mentioned the performance 
consulting initiative because I, you know, as you said, so often an organization will tell itself, well, that's not what we do, um, basically. And I think you know, certainly most associations don't view themselves as in the consulting business. Most education providers uh, may not consider themselves as being in that business. So that's that's clearly one way you know you've evolved and um, how you're interfacing with and providing service to your members, to your, to your customer base, uh, essentially. Um, what are some other ways in which um, your business model, as it relates to the business of learning, has been evolving? I've, I've spoken to Josh Goldman, for example, your, your VP of learning, and Josh has been on the show uh, before, and he noted that, uh, you know, that you are re-examining uh, what you choose to build yourself versus partnering, for example, and you, you referenced partnering not too long ago uh, in our conversation, um, you know, so partnering to create or license or adapt um, from other providers. Um, what, what, are, what are some uh, other examples of, um, of how you're evolving as a, as a learning uh, provider at this point? Well, the first thing we had to do was come to terms with, we can't be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And so we have done a pretty thorough um, product and portfolio analysis of our entire learning portfolio. And, you know, it's been exhaustive. It's something we've gone back to a couple different times. And so now have focus on what is it that we're trying to accomplish? And what we're trying to accomplish is to make sure that the profession is ready for the future they're going to encounter. And no one really knows what that future is, but we know they have to be agile, they have to be nimble, and they have to be thinking about themselves as relationship individuals, as trusted business advisors. They're not in it just for the numbers. People don't count on CPAs and accounting and finance professionals just because they understand numbers. They count on them because they can communicate complex information in increasingly less complex ways. So we've got to help our folks be able to understand that. So how are the conferences, the seminars, the webcasts, the webinars, the on-demand learning, how is what we're doing in that space really doing that? How is it giving them the skills and competencies they need? So it's not just communicating technical information, but we're building that competency. It's part of our upskilling initiative. And then in looking at ways that we were doing um, continuing education learning that wasn't in support of that, we had to call the portfolio. And we have significantly thinned our portfolio in that regard. Knowing that there's still need out there, we are working with other providers uh, who who do that type of technical training and bringing them into our market. Now, because you know, we're facilitating that learning, we're still viewing that as a business opportunity and have worked to make sure we've grown those margins, I think, to ones that are very healthy for our organization. But in doing so, you know, we're, we're custom developing less and we're now able to focus more on developing that performance consulting solution skill set that we think is critical for the future of the profession and critical for us to develop that competency in our team to be viewed as credible and relevant in the market space. Mm. Um, I talked a little earlier about the work we're doing with our workforce development initiative and how that marries with our learning and development initiative around this idea of creating certificate programs to meet people's needs, whether it's in cyber, whether it's in other types of finance and technology space to help people, again, demonstrate they have the capability, the competencies, the skill sets that are going to be relevant in the marketplace to help them be successful, to meet the needs of a changing business environment. And then the other one we're working on right now, Jeff, is this idea that, again, we have this relationship, we have this trust. And part of our outreach 
So in the last 24 months, we've been in front of probably 250 different employers. Um, and I would say these are the top businesses in our states, whether they're accounting firms or you know, Fortune 1000 companies or privately held or entrepreneurial startups. We've been in front of them to understand their challenges. And now we're actually meeting with them to talk about the solutions we can provide to get there. And you know, we're focusing those in, in some core areas to our business. But that's really taking this hey, if you, can do, if you can deliver this, we want that, and demonstrating that we're not a one-trick pony. We don't just put on great conferences and seminars with great F&B and a great experience. We can actually come into your business, understand your challenges, understand your opportunities, demonstrate to you that we do understand them, which is critical, and come back with solutions that help you overcome those challenges to help you create and seize those opportunities and help you be successful in the market. And in that place, in that moment, we have moved from a have the back rear view mirror lens to a in your line of sight, helping you get where you want to go lens. And that's our future, thinking about how we've not only gone from that rear view to that front lens, but also thinking about in that space, how we've demonstrated to our people to their employers who pay their dues, who pay their learning fees, in most instances, that we can help them be successful. I think that's a bright future for an association like ours to have. You know, and what I like about that is, um, you know, clearly you made that hard effort to to, to focus, as you said, to, to cull the portfolio, which I mean, so many, so many learning businesses need to do and, and stop trying to, to be all things to all people. So you did that. And then I think as a result of that, we're able to go deeper and really deliver better in the areas that you chose to focus on. Is that a, does that sound like a correct characterization? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. And I mean, definitely a key lesson, uh, certainly for all learning businesses, I think probably for just about any type of business to do that, uh, to get that kind of strategic clarity. Now, before we wrap up, um, this has been a great conversation, uh, as always, um, but I want to jump up to kind of a higher level and then, and then down to a more personal level. And at the higher level, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear about, I'd like for listeners to hear about what are some of the, the key trends that you're tracking right now that you you know, really feel could have an impact on OSCPA down the road? Well, I think there's a couple of key trends that we're keeping an eye on. One, you know, the glo- I'll call it a global trend. Everyone's focused on what's happening, you know, in, in the workforce, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, how we've got fewer people who are doing the work of more that we're seeing that everything we do, how people who can leverage the new efficiencies, whether they're technologies, our methods of work are finding their way to success. But I also think one that should not be underestimated is the preparedness for an ambiguous environment. Mm. That is the differentiator for talent. I think those who can be comfortable in an ambiguous environment uh, differentiate themselves by their, you know, their ability to be successful. And one of the things we're focused on, particularly given where we are in Ohio, is you know, I mentioned this earlier. We've got fewer people moving to our state than we have leaving our state. Those that are leaving are typically at the higher end of the earning p- potential than those coming in. Um, our population is shrinking. So, but yet we've got a major industrious base. How are we preparing our people to be successful in that space? 
I think you've got to understand the macro and the micro trends in your environment and be able to find the threads of what this could mean. And then you've got to be able to demonstrate to your people that you're watching these trends and you know what it could mean to their business. Uh, I think that's critically important. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. What to, to come down to a, to a more personal level, as I was uh, uh, saying, I wanted to do um, for next to last question here. Uh, this is one that we, we ask uh, of all guests um, and we, we've changed it since the last time you were uh, on the show. Um, and it focuses on your personal learning. Um, so the question is, what is one of the most powerful learning experiences you've been involved in as an adult since finishing your formal education? Uh, so this one's just on my mind, given that it's something that's going on. I would say being a parent is a learning experience every day. <laughs> yep. uh, I have a 12-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. And you know the things I learn from watching them, but also the things I learn on the fly from being with them, uh, you know, you can't, you, you, it's, it's irreplaceable. I think probably even a more, and a more sophisticated answer would be probably the one of the most incredible learning experiences I've had has been really alongside of our team. Mm. Uh, we're, we're, as we navigate this, we're really in uncharted territory for us. Uh, you know, my background is an association. So building a business model from the ground up, deconstructing your know, decades old practices and trying to repurpose them into ways that leverages the asset's value, but it also meets the demands of a different market, I think it's an incredible learning experience. It's painful at times. Um, you know, I was recently with the officers on my board and had commented to them that one year ago this time, it was the most difficult, I was coming out of the most difficult year I've ever had professionally in leading associations for almost 17 years. I would say I was with them a week ago and told them this was the most rewarding. Mm. And a year ago, I was certainly not anticipating that we would be able to make that change. Um, but, you know, it's been something I'm proud to have been a part of. So I think just the work we do and the people we work with, um, we should not underestimate those learning experiences. Well, and it's always heartening to, to hear, too, when, you know, the, the reward, when the progress does come from the pain that's often uh, a part of, you know, learning and, and growing as an individual and as a, as a business. So it's good to hear this was a rewarding year. And, um, and you know, we're so glad to have had you back on the, the show again to, to tell listeners about it and share what's going on. If listeners want to learn more about OSCPA or potentially connect with you, where should they go? Uh, best way is they could check us out certainly online at www.ohiocpa.com. Um, on Twitter, you, know, you can follow me at Scott D. Wiley, and um, we would love to connect. Well, great. Well, Scott, thanks so much for being a guest yet again on the Leading Learning Podcast. Thanks so much, Jeff. Have a great day. That concludes our interview with Scott Wiley. To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 192. And when you check out those show notes, you'll also see the various options for subscribing to the podcast. There are lots of ways to do that. You will be able to find a way with whatever podcasting service you happen to use. And if you're getting value out of what you hear, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe as it helps us to get some data on the impact of what we're doing. 
We'd also be grateful if you would take just a minute to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Go to leadinglearning.com slash Apple. That will put you in the right place. Jeff and I personally appreciate your rating and review, and reviews and ratings play an important role in helping the podcast show up when people search for content on leading a learning business. And of course, we'd be grateful if you would check out our sponsors for this quarter, and we really want you to do that. These are companies that have shown, they've demonstrated their commitment to learning businesses by being a sponsor of Leading Learning. So find out more about WBT Systems at leadinglearning.com slash WBT and find out what Community Brands has to offer at leadinglearning.com slash Community Brands. Finally, please tell others about the podcast. You can send a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leading lifelong learning, and you can share us with others on Facebook. But however you do it, please spread the word about leading learning. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.